the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm Kim. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it, to see God, uh, not to it to primarily see ourselves. We've been talking about this highlight reel. Still. Highlight reel of David. Still. But he has uh, kind mm. of a, a mess up here in First Chronicles 21. And this one is included. Yeah. It starts out that Satan enticed David. and. Um, when it talks about the story in Samuel, it says that the Lord was angry. And so here it is. We see that the Lord allowed Satan to entice David to count the numbers. And you look at it and think, why is counting a problem? But the reality, mm. it was rooted in pride. Yeah. David was counting the numbers of military men yeah. and kind of like, look at me, look what I have acquired yeah. instead of remembering that it is God who is the one who brought him um, the victory. And so he was counting the numbers and that was the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting in this that God was still gracious. He realized, you know, David came to realize, okay, I made a mistake. He repented. He repented. And he repented, but it didn't erase the consequence. There was still the consequence, even though he sinned. And so he was given the opportunity, three choices. And he decided, I would rather be in the hands of God than the hands of men, because I know that my God is going to be gracious. And so just he knows from the story that in his own life, how God has been gracious and merciful to him. And he opted for that. And even in that, though, it's interesting that what happened was the plague Mm -hmm. and 70,000 men died. And so here it is. Mm -hmm. He was counting the numbers of people Mm, out of pride. And what God did was reduce the numbers of men Uh, that he was counting. So he humbles. He humbled him. He humbles. Oh, that's. Oh, I didn't even catch that. That's ah, so much I can say. That's yeah. In many ways, the gospel, right? Like Jesus, uh, like humbled himself mm-hmm. by the point to the point of death, even death on the cross. And we don't sin in isolation. Yeah. So, mm. so the thing I yeah was going to say mm. is like, yo, David sends uh, Joab to go count. Joab's like, no, ah, bro, I don't know about that. Um, but he does it anyway. Hard conscience. Anyway, so right. he sins and he sees that, like literally the text will say, it was 1.5 million right. people. Hmm. By all looks and account, David is like, I'm doing it, right? God humbles him. But what was crazy to me was that because of David's sin, like you mentioned, 70,000 70, people die. And it's like, yo, all of our sins are personal. I think I said this before. Right. But they are usually social mm-hmm. as well. They don't just affect us. Exactly. Right? And so we have to remember that. And then usually, especially if you're in a position of leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Like it has that much more propensity to affect the people around you. Exactly. And then from there, though, it's weird. It seems like the story gets... Um, kind of shifts to a random buying of a altar Field. from Onan. Right. So David goes to Onan, um, the Jebusite, and he basically buys this altar and land um, after he sins. And it's like, yo, he wants to sacrifice to God. He sacri- He makes a sacrifice, and the plague that was on the people, killing the people, was lifted. All mm-hmm. right. So the sacrifice happens. So David goes, yeah, to Onan, Onan, the Jebusite, and purchases this field mm-hmm. um, where he has this altar, and the altar comes uh, for the sacrifice, so the plague can be lifted. But ultimately, this place was where the temple right. would be built. So we see that God 
God's promises are not halted. He already made a promise to David that he would have mm-hmm. his son build the temple. God's promises are not halted by our failures and sins. Right. In fact, he usually works in and through them to bring about his purposes, right? You think about um, the fact that, you know, um, Christ was killed by Jewish mm-hmm. men. Right. And that was very that was the most disgusting sin in the history of the time, history of the world. And God brought the salvation of yeah millions and billions out of that. Um, and so yeah, like we just have to remember that like man, God's promises are stronger than our failures. Yeah, and even with the field, the thing that um, stuck out to me as far as the field is that He bought this entire plot of land, yeah. um, and they talk about it was where the angel of the Lord is, which we believe. Hmm is a pre-incarnate Christ. Yes, and yes. so here it is right where this pre-incarnate Christ has arisen, has arisen. He buys this plot of land and that plot of land, as he said, is eventually going to be where this, the temple is going to be built. But it is also the same place that Abraham offered mm-hmm. Isaac up for a sacrifice. And so the significance of this plot of land, like how it was so strategic that even in David's sin, yeah. God made all these connections. He connected yeah. all the dots and the fact that David repented and the leaders, the elders repented with him yes. because it was a public sin and yeah. public sin required public repentance. That's good. Mm, that's good. Absolutely. And, you know, the fact that um, David goes on to say that, man, I was a man of war. Mm. Um, I can't build the temple, right. but my son can. His yeah. name is Solomon, which right. means it comes from yeah, man of peace, like right. shalom. It comes from mm-hmm. that same Hebrew root. So Solomon is going to be a, a man of peace, and we even remember in uh, in Kings where the the kingdom was at peace. The Bible will say that they had rest from all of right. their enemies on every side under the reign of Solomon. And so mm-hmm. God does come and uh, fulfills that promise as well. And then after that, he goes on to talk about the Levites, right? Right. And so the Levites were those who worked in the temple mm-hmm. and worked around the temple. And um, David, this is right before David is about to die, right? right. He's getting old on in years, the Bible will say. And this just shows the example, though, of a good king and a good spiritual leader ensuring that before he died, things were in place for the proper worship of God. We keep coming back right. to the worship of God himself is the center of all of our affairs as believers. And how, again, how intentional God is in instructing David that even though David isn't able to build the temple himself, he was able to make all the preparations. He Mm. gathered Mm. all the materials, all the conquests when you would see, and they would talk about him getting all of this gold and this silver and bronze. It wasn't for his own purposes. It was, he was stockpiling all of this because he knew one day that the temple would be built. Right. And so he gathered all of the supplies, he gathered all of the workers, he gives them instructions. And mm-hmm. I love how when he gives the instructions to Solomon, it reminds me of God's words to Joshua mm-hmm. after Moses died. Yeah, he was yeah. be strong and be courageous. And here it is, David. I'm thinking David may have had that in his mind. He's passing this on to his son. And just like Moses wouldn't be able to go over and see the promised land, he still made preparations for what the people would see. And so he's be strong, be courageous, and gives instructions for the temple. But then, like you said, picks up with the Levites. He's, okay, we got the temple together. We have the political structure together. Mm. Now we need to get the worship together. Yep, the the worship and the religious. And this time, Mm. the political, I love that, and the spiritual were one the same that is not that way today in america um 
but this was the reality under the kingdom of God. They were a nation state uh, that was a theocracy, right? Where the religious right. and the political were one and the same. What I what was interesting to me in twenty four um, was just you know the priests. So you mm-hmm. have the Levites who work around and in the temple generally, but the priests like really do the work of dealing with the sacrifices in the holy place and in the high priest in the most holy place. Right. What's crazy is verse two just stood out to me. It says. It's talking about Aaron and his sons. Mm-hmm. It says Nahab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Then it says this in verse two. But Nadab and Abihu died right. before their father. They died before their father, and they had no sons. Mm-hmm. Now, again, Chronicles is like a secondary college course. Like he's right. saying, right. You I already assume know. you know the Torah. Right. Nadab and Abihu, the text isn't super explicit, but in Numbers, it says they approached with strange fire, mm. whatever that means, whatever, and they died. But it was out of line. It was out of line with what <laughs> God had prescribed. And right. what the text is trying to show us is that God is so kind, mm-hmm. but he is also fierce. He is. God is holy, right? And his holiness is a reason to worship him which the Bible will say, but it's also a reason to worship him properly, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. We don't want to come to church praying to Allah, right? That ain't that ain't what we doing, you know right. what I mean? Like we want to worship God properly. And the text is, the chronicler is telling these people who have been in exile, guys, right. the worship of God is the your most important priority. It is. <laughs>